<laughs> I'm going to say it. I think, I think, what's happening, weirdos? <laughs> I'm going to say it. I think this is a, a perfect We Made It Weird. Oh, I agree. There were LOLs. There were lots of LOLs. We took a ride on the LOLer coaster. We... There, was, there was laughing out loud and lots of love. Both kinds of LOLs. But not loser online, which is what I used to think it meant. <sighs> People in the AOL chat room saying LOL, and I'm like, <laughs> How do they know I'm a loser? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm in a chat room on AOL yeah. in the 80s. Um, early 90s. Uh, thank late you guys 90s. for this late nineties, early early two thousand tens, late late two thousand twenty, late this afternoon. Um, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Always a free show. If you want to support, it means a lot. If you want to try one of the Pete's picks, these are things we actually use and love. In the first case is Kitty Poo Club, which I just love to say. If you have a cat, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna need some Kitty Poo Club. My mom has Baby and Gizmo. She has two cats. And we signed her up for Kitty Poo Club. If you are a proud cat person, I know you love your cat. I know it's fun to have a cat. I'm a cat person. It's great to have them walking over the keyboard in the middle of an important Zoom call. <laughs> it's fun seeing their bum holes all the time. Uh, it's fun playing the game of are they going to scratch me or are they going to purr? I really do like that. I know you do. You talk about it a lot. The subtlety of it. They're a subtle animal. I love cats. Uh, the worst part everybody knows is changing the litter box. Kitty Poo Club is here to help. They are an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable kitty litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The boxes are... (laughs) (laughs) I sprung that on you. You did. I was like in that kind of daze where my eyes were glazed over, so I couldn't even see what you were doing. A daze glaze. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and have a fun design for every season. Hey, that's cool. When the month is up, just recycle the box. Appreciate a recyclable box. (laughs) Oh, my God. You said it both times. They they placed explosives. When the month is up, just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No changing used litter. No more cleaning the box. And you can customize your order based on how many cats you have, two for my mom, and what type of litter they prefer. Uh, the cats, of course, not my mom. It's up to the cats. <laughs> Kitty Poo Club also has a no-risk guarantee, and you can easily customize or cancel your order any time. Uh, right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering 20% off on your first order when you set up AutoShip by going to kittypoo.com club oh <laughs> kitty god kitty don't go to kitty <laughs> no don't do that that sounds off there's off. a reason it's not that go to kitty and enter promo code weird just go to kitty and enter promo code weird to get 20 percent off when you set up auto ship that's kitty And don't forget to enter promo code WEIRD at checkout to show your support of this show. Our other uh, Pete's pick is kind of a Val's pick. Oh, yeah. It's our friends at Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix (laughs) knows that online shopping can be daunting. Online shopping can be daunting. (laughs) You never know if things will fit. Returns are mad difficult. and I just can't return when when it's just regular shopping. It's impossible. Forget it. I won't do it. It just goes... I don't it know. It just goes to it waste. It goes on the goes, cat. It's donated. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know what store to start with. This season, let Stitch Fix, Stitch Fix do all the hard work. Stitch Fix offers hand-selected clothing, hand-selected by expert stylists, 
for your unique size, style, and your budget. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life and is the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Is that true, Val? Absolutely. And I also have a friend who is a very cool and stylish and works. She, I don't know if she still does, but she was a stylist for Stitch Fix. So it is like those cool people that are always dressed well, they work for Stitch Fix. Try on pieces at home before you buy. Keep your favorites and send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. They make it so easy to return. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do it. There's no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix one. Once or set up automatic deliveries, you'll pay just 20 bucks for a styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep. So yeah. it's basically free. Yeah. If you keep, and if they're good, you're going to keep. And there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and are available in the United Kingdom as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash Pete. And you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix, stitchfix.com slash Pete. 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash Pete. And show your support of this show. Uh, last but certainly not least, just rolled out of him late this morning because Val was up with Lee, mm-hmm. is our friends at Brooklinen, the makers of high-end, super soft, amazingly soft, wonderful luxury sheets that don't have a luxury level markup. You need to feel good about your sheets. Life is too short to sleep on anything less than really nice sheets. Maybe uh, you've looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and you gave up. Trust me, go check out Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg, and when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen, the first direct-to-consumer betting company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available to you without the luxury-level markup. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They're so confident you'll love their products that you even offer a one-earth-year money-back guarantee. Brooklinen has got even more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. So... It's 2021. Do something nice for yourself to start the new year. To help you do that, Brooklinen has a special offer. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code WEIRD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code WEIRD to get 25% off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, it is 25% if you spend exactly $100. It's it's $25 $25 off. Yeah. But it is 25% off if you spend exactly $100. Uh, Did I say percent? You did. God, this is hard. $25 (laughs) off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code WEIRD at checkout. Ooh, I have a good one. This is hard. You know, it's soft. And show your support of the show. It really means a lot to us and directly helps us out if you try a Pete's pick. All right. We love this time with you. We love sharing part of our date night with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Get into it. Boom, 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 boom,
the drummer gets um, more excited than you. I can't go any louder because I started way too low. Isn't that weird? The lower your voice goes, the less you can project. Like, oh, what are you, me stoned? Remember when I was like, music is be- like certain things are like impressive because we know they should be out of air. <laughs> That's you right, know, and, and high notes are harder to hit. So if somebody's like, we're like, big deal. But if somebody's like, and I swear, we're like, wow, he really had to breathe. He must be alive. He can reproduce. I love that it's like the men hitting the high notes that are sexy. Oh. Although I hadn't thought of that song gets in a long time. That song is very sexy. Is it? I thought so. It sounds like you're about to have some real good PG-13 sexual intercourse. Well, that's what I'm into. I mean, we keep it a hard G in our, in our bedroom. <laughs> hard G. Hard G as in... Sounds... Yeah, there's a dirty word that starts with G that yeah. we can complete. G-spot. hey And that's... I have an audition that I have to sing, and I think I'm going to sing Will Ferrell's... People are talking, talking about people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's kind of like funny, but it also. Do you, are you going to sing in your real voice, in your most authentic? They said to do it sort of stylized, so, or like your own take, so, and it's a comedy. Okay. And it's a Will Ferrell comedy, so I'm okay. like, I'm like, oh, maybe either everyone's going to do that. Yeah. Or I'm a genius. Yeah. I know. Or a I little of both. <laughs> you should do that song. <laughs> yeah. That would be so funny. Oh I had God. to dance for an audition recently and it was really, really uh, not easy to do a lot. I love Dougie specifically. I had to do a Dougie, the Dougie. The Dougie. One of the Dougs. God, acting is so degrading. <laughs> Well, sending a bunch of straight, and then like my my reps were all kind of like commenting on it. I'm like, you guys all watched these? <laughs> Wait, I, what were they saying about it? My manager Dave was like, oh, nice moves, and I was like, wait. <laughs> I think they watched it because they knew I had to do a silly dance. So it like went, but you're also doing it in the full awareness that like if it leaked, not me. No. Me doing a Dougie. Nobody, I, I'll do a Dougie. I'll do a Dougie. A drunk prospector. I'll do a Dougie. I'll do a Dougie right now. Uh, I, aren't all prospectors drunk? I hope so. They're so frail. One sip of the shine. Feeling fine. <laughs> That's. I read that from a prospector's journal. Did you ever watch the show Moonshiners? Mm-mm. It's like, I feel like it's like... Probably by the producers of Gold Diggers or whatever the, or like Ice Truckers. It was like, the, there was like a whole. Oh, like a Deadliest Catch sort of stuff. Yeah, that was like a whole brand. And maybe it still is. But Moonshiners was really interesting. It was all of that. It was Making like, moonshine? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that'd be interesting. It's a fascinating process. Some, 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 some. Some, some, some elements of working in show business have somewhat ruined reality TV for me. Sure. Because the key is like like the movie we love, Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. And Billy the Kid is a great movie. Uh, it's a documentary. It's a and it's about a kid who, I don't know what his diagnosis is, but he's not neurotypical. Yeah. I think it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what's delightful about it. Is he's sort of like a, 
and I say this with love, he's sort of like a nerdy guy. And he's so like I think it I think it's autism, but I don't they don't say. But it's like hard to say. he the things that he says are so endearing yeah. and so well, it, funny because it is like not what you would think to say. <laughs> well he he sounds like he thinks again, I say this with love. That he's in a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> and he has a Steven Seagal little pony. Well, he also... And yeah. he, he's like he, the kid in the, the garage with the Star Wars lightsaber. He's like, that. if that kid's Luke, this is the Obi-Wan of that universe. <laughs> like he's like the white... And it opens with the VO where he goes, not good, not bad, just different in the mind. It's like yeah. the opening. Yeah. And I, I still think it's a great movie. And when like they start getting certain camera setups that are different, meaning they're following him into a diner for a date. And so that's natural. Camera's following him. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts to a what we call a tight two, a tight two shot, two people mm. from the opposite side of the counter. And you're like, what happened? Like, mm. how much of this is being <clears throat> orchestrated? Mm. Tight two. Tight two. People come, people come to this podcast for a lot of reasons. The main reason is my <laughs> hot... Hollywood camera lingo. A I would say two. that's the main reason. That's about uh, what I have in stand-up too. I have a tight two. <laughs> <laughs> but strangely, you still go for an hour. <laughs> yeah, but there's a really good two in there. Look, if you can have a great two. <laughs> that's all you need. I was thinking about that. Like no one would I, I was thinking about it might be fun to do a tour that's called like Six closers. So you do an hour. Yeah. But you just do your closers from the past four or five specials, right? That's a great idea. Or just openers and closers. I mean, I, I value an opener so much more than a closer. I, th I think I do too. A closer is great because you're just doing your fastest karate kicks. Ugh. You're throwing your Hail Marys and, oh my God, I can't believe you made it. And they're so warm and juicy and ready for oh. to go home. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that brings into question my whole idea. There's a couple questions about the idea of could you do a tour called Six Closers. One, an opener is so much harder. Uh, and more impressive to me. Yeah. I'll never forget my favorite opener of mine. And I, when I say I'll never forget, I think about it with the fondness of a friend was my opener. Um, sometimes I get scared. Mm -hmm. And then I go into, but everybody sleeps. Yeah. Remember that bit? Yep, of course. And I just couldn't beat the opener, the non sequitur. Mm. Of sometimes I get scared. Mm. The joke being, of course, you look comfortable, you're smiling, and then you say in this power position <laughs> that everybody just cheered for you. Yeah. Sometimes I get scared. <laughs> really hard to write something like that. Um, but then a closer, I wonder, the, the other question it raises is like, a closer is a closer because it's at the end and they're so ripe. They also, but they yeah. also have a certain fattiness to them. Yeah. It is the entree. It's like there's something dense and fatty, and everyone sort of knows that you're ramping into a a, a, a feel yeah, that is a Yeah, it's the high note. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to get nervous when I watched stand-up because I was like, I, they feel like they're going to the high note, and I don't want it to end. Yeah. Are you going to be responsible with that gum? <laughs> I'm not going to chew it. I'm going to suck it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to suck this gum. Watch this. Two chews. And the person, by the way, that yeah. said, stop chewing your gum, mm -hmm. uh, replied and said, hey, thanks. I saw that. You saw yeah, that? Yeah, that's so, I mean, yeah, she was doing it as a, as a good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. um, In Samaria, no gum chewing. Probably not. 
You know, you never hear about the bad Samaritans. There had to be a few. <laughs> Did, okay, is this embarrassing? Does Samaria still exist? I don't think so. It's gone with Persia. I know Persia. I mean, Samaria, does but... Nineveh still exist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nineveh, no. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work. Nineveh's Nineveh's no. nose. Nineveh's nose. <laughs> Nineveh's nose. I can't believe I pulled Nineveh. I know. You know why? Because I was reading about Nineveh this morning. Really? You know why? Was it in a modern book? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was on CNN. That would be a huge clue. They were, Anderson Cooper was like, breaking news in Nineveh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Jordan still exists. The Jordan River still exists. I've been in there. No, wait. I've been in the Jordan River. Is it? Wait, have I been in the river? (laughs) Did anyone take me to the river? I've been in the Sea of Galilee. I've been in the Sea of Galilee, too. And I've had tilapia from there. (laughs) Wow. The rat fish from a questionable body of water. But it was very good. Tilapia is great if you boil it in butter. I know. We used to serve tilapia at Bennigan's. And Uh, and sometimes people would ask me, what the fish was. And I was like, tilapia. (laughs) And like those who knew. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like branding is everything. You and I don't eat fast food, but you and I were currently for everybody. We're both doing this weird health kick. Yeah. We're about a week in four or five days, four days in Mm -hmm. today's day four of like, because we realized we were eating like shit. Yeah. Because feeling like we were losing our, well, for me, I was like, I feel I feel like I've been losing my mind for like a year, and, and of course it's the pandemic too. And of course the pandemic is a great excuse, and I I, I don't mean it's not an, a legitimate excuse. I think it is a legitimate excuse Absolutely. to perhaps eat more pizza. Absolutely, um, or but, whatever it might be. But then to like not look at how my food might be affecting my my mood. <laughs> Right. My, well, my mental health. It was your birthday, and we went to Laguna, and just like the movie This Is Forty, we had one day without um, we. It's not without Leela. It's without having to care for a toddler. Yeah. We missed Leela. We talked about Leela. I loved coming home to Leela. Yeah. But you did get to sleep. We both got to sleep. Ugh. We both got to go in the ocean. Ugh. Even it was freezing, but you know we went in the ocean. And we read and we, we meditated. read books and we meditated. It was just twenty four hours. And it was we good. did it. And we bombed. You did it without like having to put an episode of Daniel Tiger on. And no and rush. Scurrying doing it. to the bedroom. That there's no rush. No interruptions. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Sh- I think probably a lot of sitcoms have maybe done it. It feels so sitcommy, but to like be in the middle of trying to have an orgasm, which is really like not ideal of what like sex shouldn't be just trying to have an orgasm as fast as you can. Which, Fellas, which, <laughs> which is for a lot of men, but like that's not ideal. Uh, but it is when you have a toddler, you're like, hurry, just see if you can have one. And yeah. then to hear mommy, <laughs> you're like, oh. I, I know something that I thought was such a, such an Achilles heel turned out to be my Achilles deal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what I mean is quick sex is now pretty good. I, I don't think I'm quick. Although you were just talking to a girlfriend that was like, <laughs> you got to get have sex for like 30 minutes at least 45, 45 minutes, minutes. 45 minutes yeah. that I'm not even embarrassed of this at all I think there's something fuck I'm going to say it for comedy there's something wrong with you if you want to like throw down I'm not talking about like foreplay no, or not making just, out and I clarified too I was like in intercourse like you want to have intercourse for 45 yeah. minutes that seems 
absurd. I don't want to do anything for 45 minutes. <laughs> no. And it's not even really about the physical exertion, although that is part of it. Yeah. It's also just like, what? Yeah. I like, mean, if you're spending um, two, three minutes per position, yeah. and you do a few position, yeah. squish. I mean, great point. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, as Nelson Mandela said, three, four minutes of position, squish. It's the variation, right? Like, to me, that's, it's like, that just seems so, like, intercourse is just, no offense, but like, it's not, it's not the best part of sex for me. No, I know what you I mean. I mean, that's tr- I think that's true for a lot of women. It's really good when you've worked. It's a great closer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a closer. Great, it's a closer. It's the it's and I, it's like I said. It's robust. It's the entree. But you know, it, it reminds me. I, I've probably said this on this podcast before. But my friend Miguel, we both got Hostess cupcakes. Two in a pack. That's a serendipity because I just got my friend vegan hostess cupcakes for her birthday today at the beach. From Chloe? Yeah. Closest. Closest? That's what they call them, closest. By Chloe? Yeah. Wow. Pretty good. Okay, keep going. I don't love them. Oh, they're amazing. I'm I'm furious. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why I don't love them. Wow. It's because maybe I remember the chemical infusion of the original. I don't know. Oh, you don't even love the the by Chloe one? I thought you were no, talking No, I'm about saying I like the original. And oh, the by okay. Chloe one doesn't have the same NyQuil twinge sure. to it. It's hard to compete with. That I act, it's like yeah. eating a healthy Twinkie. You're kind of like, yeah, but what I remember about eating a Twinkie was feeling like I could withstand radiation after I <laughs> yeah, ate it. Yeah, and having your mouth like coated with a certain type yes, of wax. Yes, that's right. Yeah. There's a wax. Mm-hmm. That's right. You could put on your wax board, dude. Uh, listen. <laughs> you call a surfboard a, a wax, wax board. And I call it waxing. <laughs> I don't go surfing. I go waxing. What was I say? Oh, uh, so Miguel and I got a Hostess Cupcake two-pack. Mm-hmm. And I took mine out. And I, because I'm not a fucking serial killer. <laughs> I know this. I've I told know. this story before. But also, I I hate to say this, but like I identify with Miguel. Miguel. That's fine, because I love you, and you can do no wrong. And Miguel, Miguel, if I was Miguel telling this story, yeah. I would be uh, leaning into my that side. Yeah. I'm just saying, as a soft butterball boy, my first bite of a hostess cupcake is three-fourths of that cupcake. Uh-huh. There's no discovering the cream. The cream is already entirely in your mouth. <laughs> you no never cream. see the cream. <laughs> I didn't know there was cream in those things until 1998. Because the first bite was past the equator, and all you saw was the chocolate perimeter on the other side. (laughs) Cut cut to Miguel, nibbling it like a fucking... He's nothing. But to me, now my cupcake gone. I was (laughs) ready to... Now (laughs) the name of my new book, Now My Cupcake Gone... But looking at this boy, I'm also a boy, now my cupcake gone, I know what it's like to be in a boat and someone turns into a hot dog. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I wanted to break his arms and take the hostess cupcake. 
And he was like really kind of oh. savoring it. He ate it over 45 minutes. I, and I bet Miguel has very long bouts of sex. I uh, Well, to, I mean, his name is Miguel. Miguel Bahamon. I, great, great name. I feel... Great friend. Yeah. I am... Um, yeah, as if you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Miguel is great. Um, you, you mean Miguel from the hostess story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy's great. Um, no, I, I really identify with him, and we've talked about this. We've had arguments about this, even. Um, but like, we both have food issues. I think is safe to say issues, <clears throat> which who in America doesn't? But um, we both have food issues. And the way that yours kind of <laughs> manifests <Doesn't. laughs> is like eat as much as you can as fast as you can. And the way mine manifests is this is going to be over and I'm going to be so sad. So I have to make this last as long as possible. See, I don't think Miguel was a very athletic kid. Oh, and well I think then, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the way you described I relate because there's a wound. I always relate to the wound. Yeah. I think Miguel just was smarter than I was and didn't have, I mean, I look back, I couldn't have been diagnosed as anything other than an intense, intense sugar addict. Yeah. I mean, like they made those Mountain Dews that were one liter. I forget. They they weren't called Big Gulp. So just something like that. It was a one liter slam of Mountain Dew. I drink like three of those a day. Is cramp like a long distance trucker because that's what they make them for because it's the size of a pee pee hole. Nuh uh. Put your ding dong right in there and let it dangle. But if you start to feel the warm yellow, time to get a new bottle, fella. <laughs> Fellow. <laughs> if you're a long you haul trucker listening to this podcast, first of all, God love you. Second of all, if you feel the warm yellow, time to get a new bottle, fellow. God. If Wait you're dingle dangling your ding dong in a bottle of, of one liter Mountain Dew, if you feel. <laughs> I, also, not all ding dongs are the same. Every girth. flaccid ding dong can fit inside the wide mouth. I'm not talking about the regular. This is a wide mouth. <laughs> is it like this juice bottle? It's like that juice bottle. Exactly like okay. that juice bottle. Well, then that's generous. If you have a, a flaccid <laughs> ding dong that you can't cram cram inside, like wedge inside like an iceberg wedge, bacon drip bits and ugly cheese crumbles. You're running out of I breath. know, I know. Oh, that's why back to our original point. What was it? The singing is impressive because we're like, look at their breath management. Yes, and it is hard. And it's subconscious. I don't think people are thinking that. Anyway, my point <laughs> yeah, is... People don't applaud Celine Dion and go, excellent breath management. I think they are kind of subconsciously going like, that is... Like, it's a... It's a like, if it was just hitting notes, we would sing like this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And would be like, wow, look at all the notes. Like if that was somehow, if we breathed like this, like then we would like music like that. But because we love like long, long breath, deep breaths and- are a sign of health and virility. Yeah. We love when people can be like, ah! we're like, holy shit, she's alive. We love yeah. life. We're just amoebas under a microscope going, she's alive. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. Life, life. I uh, I think that's true. That's really smart. And Get also, real. I wonder if there's something to, like, I know that singing activates 
the the vagus nerve so that like calms us and that's why it feels so good to do mm. um and so i wonder if even like the sound i know that there's certain there's like a connection to sounds and the vagus nerve too so i wonder if there's like certain tones or something that relax us more yeah and make us feel better yeah. There's, I mean, there's... Vibrations. Music is a beautiful mystery. Can you relate to this? <clears throat> yes. Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> I'm a fan. I put her on the other day. I was dancing with Lee. Yeah. And she Love has that song, Clark. Just Sing. I always hate songs like that. Those, like, kind of campfire songs where it's like, everybody just sing. They sound like church songs to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you relate to this? It immediately gives me an image of Kelly Clarkson with 12 girlfriends. And she's like, just sing. And everyone's singing. But like the special kind of smile a very good singer gives, it's subtle. But now it's their turn to kind of sing. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a group of women by a bonfire. Uh-huh. And they're singing. And then when it's Kelly's turn, there's a smile that they give. <laughs> like humble oh my god it's humble it's playful like what i mean is it's almost like it's a birthday party and then kelly clarkson comes and they're all singing and then when she starts singing there's a facial recognition yeah hey the professional singer is singing yeah and it comes out as a little wry smile yeah and then she's like and everyone's like Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. That is exactly what I find funny. That is the level of minutia that I'm fascinated with when a performer is like, all right, I'll sing happy birthday. But like they sort of have to give a little twinkle in their eye that's like, I know, I know. It's so funny. And when it is transparent, it like, yeah, that area is so funny because it's so vulnerable to sing and it's really vulnerable to like share a talent yeah. <laughs> and like uh, yeah my friend you'll I think you'll love this my friend Melissa who's wonderful who you know well she's m- one of my closest friends Melissa took the photo that I grammed to get questions for this episode oh I didn't see that yet um she she is like she's a great singer and we have a karaoke group like closest friends pre-pandemic where we would go to like a private room karaoke place and it was always about like sing your like sing your big song girlfriend <laughs> like yeah. sing your song that you are like hey I'm going to try this I think I my voice can't do it I'm but I'm pretty like, sure gatherings like this is what changes the cycles of the moon <laughs> Yes <laughs> like it's, it's just so powerful pockets of women being like just sing and they're all wooing each other <laughs> and the moon like shifts just a little bit because of the power Absolutely. And that's why, like, intercourse, we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm experiencing true transcendent moon power singing you know with my funny? girlfriend. There is, there, I don't want to interrupt your point. No, it's all right. But you're kind of on to something. Yeah. People, and uh, there's no judgment here. Sex will never be my number one shit. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. my shit. Uh-huh. I am not embarrassed to tell you that the times I've had on mushrooms are better than sex. They're better than stand up. Yeah. They're better than meditation. Like after our wedding, I was like, that was the best day of my life on this plane. Mm-hmm. Like Meaning like we have to like have a special allowance <clears> for those <throat> days. But I think there are some people that take mushrooms and they're like, 
this is great, but you know what's great? Deep dicking. Like they just, <laughs> that's their shit. Yeah. And that always, uh, that's fine, but it's, yeah. it's never going to be my life. I wonder if it's like people who, who aren't in their bodies another way, who like the only time they're time in their body. In their body yeah. yeah. Because when I'm dancing, I just, I'm just come, my hair is still salty from the beach. I Ooh. just danced with my girlfriends on the beach to Moana, wow. kicking up water. That that's at, at least as good as that. Sounds like a Dido song. <laughs> there is a Dido song called "Sand in My Shoes," where she no. says, "I've still got sand in my shoes." <laughs> my music taste. <laughs> I know. In college, specifically, and no. well, I did just say Kelly Clarkson, but it used yeah. to have like a <laughs> boy. It was all Sarah McLachlan, Dido, Jewel. I mean, when you are with Lila, when I'm like working or doing whatever, and I come in, I have, I really have no idea. There's such a wide range of music yeah. that you could be playing. Yeah, everything from the Bee Gees to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> I think Alanis is. I mean, that's an incredible amount of number one. Oh, hits. she's undeniable. Un. She's fantastic. Believable. And fun and easy to figure out on the guitar. Mm. I don't know it. (laughs) But I like when she goes, I must certainly do. (laughs) It's so 90s, too. It's so nostalgic. Maybe when you're as old as I am, close to the grave. (laughs) In 10 years. Yeah, 10. Oh, come on. That's not too big of a diff. No, I'm just saying 10 <laughs> I am 10 years older than you. You said closer to the grave. I'm just saying you're 10 years old. Oh, yeah, because the the age difference. Yeah. It's not that big of a diff. It's not that big of a diff. No. I forget. What, it always creeps me out when people have the math. It's like one third your age plus 17 Ew. divided by her age Ew. times two. <laughs> and it's like. Uh, <laughs> and then I put on Kelly Clarkson's just sing. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Maybe when you're older, maybe you'll really enjoy. Cause what I'm doing when I'm putting on that music is time traveling, yeah. listening to Nirvana, listening to Alanis Morissette, even Dave Matthews. I know we tease D- DMBs, yeah. but to me, I remember vividly sitting in the parking lot of the Barnes and Noble that my ex-wife, then girlfriend, worked at, and I had the new Dave Matthews CD yeah. and putting it in. Oh my god! My car, or it must have been. It might have even been my parents' car, and just being like, I didn't like it. It was like one of the newer ones. Yeah, but um, I'm not. It still takes me. T- it, talk about it in your body. It like takes you into your memories. Yes, I'm not too young for that. No, I, I know, but I'm it might get worse. That yeah. if that's a bad thing, it'll get better. If it's a good, worse. Good thing we get. <laughs> Just sing. I certainly sing do. I, I most certainly do. Just um, the voice of the nineties. I remember. I think I told you this. <clears throat> my brother was into Dave Matthews Band when everybody else was. Not yeah. before we all turned on him. Um, like dur- during the crash days. And he, I just wanted to like everything my brother liked. There were so many like bands that I listened to and movies that I watched, like all of, I I think I would appreciate them now, but literally every Monty Python thing I pretended to like for like seven years. You wouldn't like it now. This is one of my greatest (laughs) But I love John Cleese. Is that I, my whole life, I've had to pretend that the Knights Who Say Need 
Like, I remember where I was. It was all the black trench coat kids at my high school were like, me, me, me. And I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. You like comedy? It's merely a flesh wound. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I was so much more naked gun. Airplane. Uh, see, I've Ace Ventura. I pretended to like those two. I liked Ace Ventura. Sure. I, I really do think that I like, you know, like certain Monty Python sketches. And, you know, I think that the Holy Grail is funny. It's just so, it's just so, like, <laughs> apart from me. That's, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. If you and I found the Holy Grail and knew nothing about it and watched it, or Life of Brian or any of them, we would love it. Yeah. It's the burden. Mel Brooks has the same problem. Yeah. My dad would show me Blazing Saddles, and he'd be like, this is the best comedy of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have a block. I have the same block for Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. But, or, or even The Godfather. Yeah. If there's too much tied to it, too many people already on. This is why we love new things. Yeah. Do we need Billie Eilish? Don't we already mm-hmm. have Fiona Apple? Mm-hmm. Yes, because people want to stake their claim to a new thing. I'm not even saying they're that similar, but I was impressed that I pulled kind of a similar one. I was, too, yeah. We like new things because there's no baggage to them. I can't watch Mel Brooks without thinking about my my dad, and I want to have my own identity. Yeah. Very Eckhart Tolle, the ego wants to claim its own stuff so you can be like, I don't like, I do it. I don't like the Red Sox. I like... Yeah. The Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, particularly that is an adolescence thing. Like, my brother was claiming an identity by being like, I'm a Monty Python kid. That's right. And And that identity didn't fit me. And I wanted to be that... I, li- I felt like maybe that identity fit me, but I didn't like Monty Python. I completely agree. But I didn't ever this admit to it. was me with magic cards. I, I mm. played a little bit of magic cards, but I couldn't get like into the clan, into the group as much as I wanted. Mm. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. We had a thing called Vax, which was like computer word games, basically like basic games. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't become a Vax nerd as, as much because like the identities had already been claimed. Yeah. And I, I don't think I am done doing that. We're still doing that. Like, I have yeah. a framed photo of Joseph Gamble as you enter our home. Yeah. That is, it's, like, ego's not all bad. That is my identity. It feels mm-hmm. nice to come in and go, mm-hmm. oh, right, I value this professor who changed my life. Yeah. But I could have a picture of, you know, Miles Davis or... We, we we have so many flavors to choose from. Right. But and I guess the part that feels adolescent to me is the group identity where you're like, I am liking this because I want to identify with this type of group that looks that that like. That's why I said the Monty Python kids were the kind of the strange, strange. They weren't strange. They, If you were watching Freaks and Geeks, they would have been the freaks. Yeah, those were the types of friends that I thought were really cool and wanted to be. They actually might have been the geeks, forgive me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you pro- you wanted to be a freak. Yeah, I wanted to be the, the kids that I wanted to be in with. So, okay, we had in at Eureka High School, we had the row, and it was like two long benches in the middle of campus. And it was like everybody, you know, it really was like mean girls, like the jocks hung out over here, the whatever. 
so on the row, it was the freaks and the Christians. Oh, Jesus freaks. But on different ends of it. Sure. And so we started... They needed uh, to form an unholy alliance. I know. Well, we... we my best friend, Rachel, and I, who uh, like is still in my life, and she really, truly was... I was monogamous with Rachel for the first 11 years of, of my adolescence. Yeah. Um, she and I like started at the Christian end, the far Christian end. And like every year inched closer and closer until the last two years we were, we were with the band nerds and the theater kids. That's like me and Ern, but different story. So Ern was my junior high best friend going into high school, but then he got his own group, which was the theater group. Uh, And I've talked before about how he couldn't get in any of the plays Mm. and they just were too freaky and kind of cool and they all seemed like they smoked and were yeah. possibly sexually active. Yeah, they were They were sexually yeah. The sexually active band nerds thing is so real. Theater nerds. Well, yeah, but it's the same. Oh, band, <laughs> yeah. Well, not in my school. The band nerds had their own flavor. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, and the I mean, the kids that I thought were cool in the theater program at Lexington High, I would say are still cool. <laughs> like I would be like, yeah, I think my no, I, I was right. That guy, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, it's David something. He played Hamlet. He was cool. Yeah, like, he was like a cool guy, and he did smoke. I, I don't think smoking is cool, but they were like older than their years. Yes, they had like cool T-shirts and. I, I I know that sounds crazy, but it's high school. Yeah. And uh, mine had really like liberal, educated parents who like went to Berkeley and exactly. were like, hippies. And so they just, and they like, I mean, they didn't, but it was like the vibe of like they call their parents by their first name. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And all we're really seeing looking back when you look at each of those kids is their family. Of You're course. looking at their parents. Yeah. And the theater kids definitely had the feeling, like on Big Mouth, um, yeah. Jenny Slate's character's parents. Yes, Like, exactly. it seems like they had, like, understanding, kind of cool, slightly mm-hmm. embarrassing, like, maybe, I don't know if they were well off or not, but they were adjusted. And then the kids got to be as freaky as they wanted to be. It could be yeah. trauma. It could be totally other things. But anyway, Ern got into that scene, so he found his identity. And then I started really kind of wandering around. Mm. And I went to JCAF, which was the math building. Oh, wow. And that's where I ate lunch with all the nerds. Because I could make the nerds laugh. And I say nerds as one of them. Mm. So I was definitely more a geek than a freak. Mm. And then I liked the freaks. I really, just like I do with with comedy, I liked having a toe in every pool. Yeah. I've said this before. I didn't really belong to any any one group. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're doing a... I think one of the reasons my energy is so high is because my thing is a juice fast. I've only had mm. a juice feast, excuse me. <laughs> uh, but it does it does make a difference how I think of it. If it's like sure. a fast or a diet, I don't like it. <clears throat> if I'm like, I'm flooding myself with all these nutrients and I feel really good. So mm-hmm. it's day four and I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Day three, I wasn't feeling very good. That's where the headaches came and some of the withdrawal. But day four, I'm feeling fucking fantastic. Oh, I'm glad. And my body is like... So happy, mm. and I'm not. I, I know this. This isn't very helpful. Um, meaning, it might be more helpful to talk about how hard it is. But like w- once I pushed past that third day, I sort of started feeling very alive. Talking mm. so to Iris about it, I was like, you start to get the sense that like what we eat normally 
is yeah. kind of insane. Yeah. And that's what you and I were doing. We started yeah. talking about this. Like every Thursday, you know, we talked to you guys and then we would watch a movie and we would eat Impossible Burgers, which are, you know, veggie burgers or whatever. They're, but they're not healthy. They're not healthy. It's Impossible Burgers with French fries and a vegan milkshake. Like it was, it was serious it. medication, and it wasn't. And I think I really, well, I want to be. I was going to even say this before we started the podcast because I do want to be really careful talking about this stuff, just because so many people have have a history of eating disorders, and and like there is an overlap where my friend, my brilliant friend. Katie shared this with me, but like there is like an overlap where sometimes the wellness community can co-opt. Yeah. And be like used for, so I really, and specifically the meal plan and the thing that I'm doing. Wait, I'm, I, maybe I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm saying the wellness community can be, uh, at least if not, not maybe not intentionally, but used Eating disorders can often be used under the guise of, like, wellness. Absolutely. Yeah. I also thought you were saying people in the wellness community or, like, that are into health sometimes, which Mm -hmm. is me, can too casually claim I have eating issues and Uh, we need to be sensitive to people that have more severe issues and say, like, full respect to that. What we're doing is not... For everybody. But you're right. There is, there, there's a spirit that I could be going into. I'm doing it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So you'll get another update Mm -hmm. next, next Friday. But, um, I could be going into this with that reverse. It's like the same addict energy, just throwing the engines in reverse. Absolutely. And Chelsea Peretti told me that she was like, you got to look out for that. Cause she noticed it in me is that Mm. back when I was drinking, I would get real fucked up. And then the next day you'd go on a hike mm-hmm. and you'd only drink mineral water and lemon. And, and like, mm-hmm. she's like, you got to watch out for those, that type of energy yeah. reversal. Cause it's the same thing yeah. just coming in the back door. Absolutely. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this came to me in a dream. Like literally you, my body was ready. getting so, and it, and it goes back to your birthday. Yeah. So finally we had enough rest. Mm-hmm. We got in the water. Yeah. We came back to ourselves. Yeah. And then you started to feel just enough normal mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, Leela doesn't sleep through the night and all these different things and, and all day it's just taking care of a baby. You start to go like, oh, right, I have to take care of myself too. And then I had a dream about doing a juice fast and that's when I was like, I really think my my body gets my attention through my dreams. I don't even mean in like a mystical way. Mm. I mean, literally there's subconscious thoughts that they're trying to push forward through the red tape to the conscious decision-making parts. And they were like, just give him this dream. And when I woke up, I just knew not to be a good boy, not to prove, although I did want to show that I had agency over reality. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked about this part. This is interesting. Go ahead. Well, I I saw Penn Jillette did a mono diet. He doesn't recommend it, but it's what he did. Uh, Meaning he's, he's not saying go and do it. You can see it. He did a big think video on it. He ate potatoes Mm -hmm. for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting about that, I wasn't going to eat potatoes for two weeks, but what was interesting is the same thing that drinking is interesting. The same reason people chasing money or Mm -hmm. fame or popularity or status is interesting is like, you start to realize that everything is habit Mm -hmm. and everything was sort of sold to you Mm -hmm. as a story Mm -hmm. that like, 
you're hypnotized basically. You don't, you're so thick into it mm-hmm. that you don't even realize you're making choices because you're not. Yeah. You're not making choices anymore. Yeah. You're basically just, and I, I say this with love because I'm talking about myself. You're basically just a dog, mm-hmm. and here's uh, a very high calorie sweet meal, mm-hmm. and you eat it. Yeah. And uh, and that's fine, but you're not even making a choice. I'm not saying I'm never going to eat an Impossible Burger and a vegan shake again. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you start to wonder, am I just a piece of a system? Mm-hmm. The system being the media, the, what you see in movies, TV, what you learn from your family, what you see in your culture, all this stuff. Are you, are you even in there? Yeah. And that's what was sort of an interesting, so, sort of more metaphysical <clears throat> level that was interesting where I was going... Can I break out of autopilot? Yeah. I did that with drinking, and I I was interested in doing that with food, because there are pretty heavy spiritual ramifications of, like, are you just, are you, uh, like, connect the dots? Are you just someone filling in a connect the dot? But all the dots are laid out, and, and it's just, you're having a burger, because there's these... Uh, amoebas in your belly that have become addicted to it and they're telling you what to do yeah. or can you say fucking stop yeah and, and and stop whatever behavior that that was interesting to me to see if it was possible yeah yeah and i told you that there's like the um this like balance of will and surrender is how it's it's phrased in oh i love uh, that yeah. not too tight not too loose yeah it's all that that kind of uh buddhism stuff where it's and that's in that's not too tight, not too loose is such a brilliant way to go into anything. And it's important for us, uh, and for me, I'll say, to go into like a health kick with not too tight, not too loose. And it's easy, you know, both of us are in like a detox phase, so that's it's stricter than you would be. Um, but I'm trying to be like, eventually, I want to get to a place and and I already am kind of doing it this way where it's like all foods are welcome just intuitive eating mindful eating so notice like okay I'm eating this cupcake notice how it feels it's lighting up my brain okay I'm crashing whatever and enjoy it and be there be fully there for it but we weren't doing that we were just mindlessly in a coma disembodied like Wally yeah, and like Wally. It was like getting to Wally, Wally in our house. Yeah. But that's so you say intuitive eating. What Penn Gillette taught me in that video was it's like whose intuition? If yeah. you're if eating is a hundred percent habit, mm-hmm. what you want isn't doesn't really have anything to do with you. It's just a reinforcing of a habit yeah. that was established in your animal. So like right. if you're going like, okay, I'm just gonna intuitively eat let me ask myself what I want to eat. Who are you asking? You're asking a whole flora of stuff right. that has become acclimated to a certain level of this, this, or this. Yes. So what I found very appealing about a, a, a cleanse, or in his case, eating just potatoes, in my case, just drinking juice for two weeks, was it takes two weeks to basically starve Restart. the stuff out. Yeah. And then you can actually Intuitive. cleanly say, what do I want to eat? Yeah. And that's so the clickbaity title of that video is How Pendulette Lost 100 Pounds and Can Eat Whatever He Wants. Mm-hmm. And the punchline is, I can eat whatever I want, but what I want is good stuff because I did this basically a fast. Yeah. And then I only ate whole foods and mm-hmm. and plants. Mm-hmm. And now what he actually wants to eat is healthy stuff. Right. And and that's what I'm... So the whole reason I'm 
doing my thing, which is different than what you're doing. I'm eating a lot. I'm eating so many more types of foods than I was. Like I'm eating chia seeds and collagen powder. And like, it's like, it's such a wellness thing. And, um, and really healthy and, and like not a diet. It's just, it's, I'm trying to like it basically for me, I was like, my moods are just so erratic. And it used to be that I could, I had a little bit of like a clean pattern where I knew how I felt matched how like my menstrual cycle, my whole cycle went. So I'm like, I'm in the estrogen phase. I'm feeling really social and I'm in the progesterone phase. And then every once in a while, some trauma would get kicked up and I kind of knew that that's what was happening and that's why I was feeling blue or whatever. But since the pandemic, and again, the pandemic is not something to just discredit. It's just been like, we've talked about on the podcast, like so erratic, every five minutes, something different, feeling like being okay one minute and then feeling just almost like a whoosh, like a drop in my whole energy and mood and everything. And then I started learning about like how much what you eat, specifically sugar, which I was eating a lot of. Um, fucks up your hormones and your hor. I mean, what I learned when I was pregnant is your hormones is your personality. Yeah. <laughs> like your hormones. That guy's got a great blend of hormones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just runs the show. Um, so I just was like, I want to see. And for me, it seems like a no brainer. Here I am always preaching embodiment and nurturing your body and loving it and being there for it. And then I just am mindlessly stuffing it way too full. Well, have you with noticed that, that like doesn't help? Watching TV is way less fun because it wasn't just watching TV; it was watching TV while you strapped on the feed bag. And I say that yeah. with love. Yeah, there's no judgment here. No, there's no judgment because we'll I'm do talking it about again. myself. I'm talking, and, and we probably will at some point do it again. I'd like to be doing it with healthier foods. But it's fun to watch TV and just sort of mow like a zombie. And that's such and a... that's very relaxing. That's such a TV... I mean, that's such an American thing, specifically. We all just, like, start eight meals in front of the TV growing up, probably. But that's... It's The Simpsons, you know? And, and I mean, The Simpsons do it. The characters on The Simpsons do it. Yeah. But one of the things I've noticed about this, and we won't talk about this much longer because I know it might be kind of annoying uh, if you're not, you know in this place or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I noticed like I'm a little bit high Mm. and I said to Iris, I was like, I drove Lee on her park drive to put her down. And I was like, the plants are talking to me (laughs) because all I'm eating is like, first of all, it's, it's vegetable juice. It's like dark green vegetable juice. Mm -hmm. And they're not talking to me in English. But you start to feel, and they're not really talking, but you start to feel. <laughs> they're not talking to me in English. It's supposed to be like. I know. It's not I, as bad as you think. They're speaking another they're language. They're speaking French. <laughs> no, I just mean it's not talking. It's just like you start to feel this intimacy with all living things. The connection, yeah. And I, that's what I keep saying to you is I feel like I'm tripping. Mm. Martin started the podcast this week, and I was looking at him, and he was sort of looking like someone would look if you were gazing with them mm. just because like everything is just so clean. More stuff is like coming in. It's like my pupils are dilated. Even TV looks really fascinating to me. Yeah. And, but the, the, the last thing I'll say is I took a bath, which again is just speaks to like how TV isn't as fun. You're like, I'd rather take a bath. Mm-hmm. So I took a bath 
And in the bath, I realized I wasn't trying to just be, meaning no thoughts, no worries, no future, no past. It was just happening naturally, which I I was like, that seems to be the body-mind connection. That I was like, there's less turbulence in my food and there's less turbulence yeah. In my life. This is Dr. Fraser Crane. Um, <laughs> I I just wanted to say to put a cap on that, like I, the embodiment piece is just making so much sense to me in, in a way that it feels sil- silly that I, I didn't do this before. But like I had a moment where I was overeating and I knew I was overeating. I was getting really full and stuffed. And I just kind of had this different like paradigm shift of like my body is like this innocent baby and I'm just like stuffing it full of foods that is not great for it and making it like work so hard for such a minimal benefit it's just like how you feel a responsibility to like make the best decisions for Leela because yeah. there's such an innocence there. I that's you don't have that tenderness to yourself. Yeah. And so I'm just really trying to like, again, not lose weight. Why would I want to change this bodacious bod? Uh, <laughs> I just want I to was looking at messages, whatever you said, <laughs> if it was against your body, I hate it. I didn't. I said something oh, okay. positive. Uh, I just want to feel embodied when I when I eat, but it is taking this reset because we both were uh, just yeah. really going. It for needed it. A, an extreme <laughs> measure. Here's a fun one, Laura Matrazo. 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 Laura Matrazo. Um, sounds like a John Wick character. Laura Matrazo says, "Good evening." Mr. Wick. <laughs> Resending this to the PCAST for, with Val. What's the hardest time baby Lee has ever laughed? Sending you love and light. Oh, my God. That is a fun one. I mean. Uh, okay. Well, she laughs so hard all the time. We've been doing something lately where she gives me a pacifier mm-hmm. or she gives me her pacifier and I put it in wrong. Like uh-huh. I'll put it in my ear. I don't actually put it in, but I put it on my ear and I go like this. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, 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 like this. And she takes it and she puts it in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, okay, like this. And then I put it in my mouth, but backwards. And then she laughs so hard and then she takes it and she goes, yeah, like that. And then she does it the wrong way. Oh. And then it's like an improv game. And she's really good at it where you each have to think of a way of using a pacifier incorrectly. Yeah. And she dies. Yeah. Dies, dies laughing. She loves she loves faces and sounds. Like yeah. she loves silly anytime I can like surprise her oh, or yeah. make a silly face. She loves I do like a um like she'll put a blanket over my head and I'll go hit you and knock the blanket down, and then my eyes are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good stuff. And she loves. Well, she that. was just asking for you. She went, "Mama," and I went, "No, no, no, like this, Mama." And then she <laughs> laughed, and then she went, "No, no, no, like this," and she went, "Mama." Like oh, she was. She was trying. She's, she's, she's a yes ander. She's being so silly lately. And if you hide with her, if mm-hmm. Val is coming home and me and Lee are anytime are on one of us is entering the room, the other one with her goes hide. We hide and yeah. we get under the blanket 
And then when the person is looking for us, mm -hmm. she starts laughing to yeah. give herself away. Yeah. Which is so it's, gracious. She doesn't actually want you to not know where she it's is. It's really cute. This is leading really well into this one question I have. Great. Um, what has been, this is by Jessica, just Jessica, no last name. Mm. Cool style. I'm surprised she got that. I don't think that, is that her username though? Oh. No. Oh, no. Okay, I digress, <laughs> Jess. Um, okay. Uh, what has been your your favorite family moment so far? Or maybe a moment one of you noticed of the other one and baby Lee together that they may not even know you've witnessed. Aww. Isn't that sweet? That's a really good one. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, late. I mean, I don't know. There's so many amazing moments, but the most recent ones have been we we play uh Brody is a dinosaur and we run from Brody and he he chases us because he's we're all running into the kitchen or whatever mm -hmm. and Leela laughs so hard and it's just like pure she's fun play she's loving it yeah and it's like something that the whole family is doing including Brody it's so fun I don't have a specific one but anytime I don't think there's a greater joy, or it's one of the great joys, is catching your co-parent being a good parent mm. when they didn't know you were watching. Mm. So I have a lot of photos on my phone where I'm like walking behind you guys and you and Lee are just holding hands mm. and it's at the park or whatever it might be. Um, I but, love yeah. when, thing, the, usually how that shows up for me is Leela will do something really cute and I'll know that it's a creative game that you guys have been playing so like for example when will she'll want to play under the blanket on our bed and then she'll be like okay let's make a pizza and right. i'm like a pizza and then i of course i'm like of course that's something you do with your dad right it's really we cute. make pizzas under the bed and then you have, and then they're always too hot and you have to slide them In under the sheets which is the refrigerator yeah uh, and then they're nice and warm nice and warm <laughs> This is another baby question. My wife and I have a seven-week-old, super blessed. Oh, congratulations. This is from Kyle Cox. And I'm wondering how you and Val were, are prioritizing each other in the midst of keeping a baby alive. I'm learning it's not so easy to prioritize each other, especially in the early weeks. Uh, Kyle, you have a pass to do whatever it takes uh -huh. to get through the night uh -huh. for the next for the next six year. months yeah. to a year. I, I, I'm making that up, but like for a very long time. Absolutely. I, I think we can answer this or, or talk about this one. These aren't answers. I just love that yeah. you guys give us stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, the baby is you guys. Yeah. So like it's a third thing, yeah. but it's part Val and it's part me. So the love I show the baby that I am very deliberate to be inclusive to you, mm -hmm. meaning Val is always invited into whatever we're doing or saying mm -hmm. or, or, or yeah, doing. Um, but like, I, I thought I might be the kind of person that would be jealous. Yeah, you were nervous about that. Yeah, because I, you know, not to overshare, but I, I think there might have been my mom and I were so close that I was nervous. My dad was jealous. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if he was. I don't think he was. But I remember being like, should we be throwing this guy something? Yeah. Um, so I, we went into that with our eyes open. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been an issue. But that's mm -hmm. because you'll be loving Leela. And when you, when you bond even more with this baby, yeah. you'll really start seeing less difference 
between yeah. me doing something for Val, Val doing something for the baby, the baby doing something for me. Yeah. It just becomes one thing. Yeah. Iris just caught me calling the baby uh, Valerie. <laughs> and I did on purpose. Like, I, I realized I was making a mistake, but I just went with it. Mm-hmm. And then I said to Iris, I was like, w- all of our names are interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. You call yeah. me mm-hmm. Leela sometimes. I call you Lee. By, mm-hmm. it's, it's usually by accident. Yeah. But it's just sort of like speaks to like, we're all flying under one flag here. Yeah. And every good act is for the little family. Yeah. As Richard Rohr calls it, uh, a marriage is the smallest community, mm-hmm. and now you've invited this this third being into it. Yeah. Um, so it's a good if you ever if it helps, it's helpful to just drop the ego and look at it as one thing. It's like it's a family now. There's a reason we have a word for it. Yeah. But I do want to be careful. I know a lot of other couples that it seems like they sometimes can exclude each other. Yeah. Um, Meaning, I, I've just had friends complain that they don't feel invited. So just try to stay invitational. Yeah. Um, try to, you and I haven't had this, but if there is a difference of parenting mm-hmm. styles, mm-hmm. Try, to, try to compassionately listen to the other person's mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. instead of, like, becoming two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't really have hard advice on that, but just keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I would say especially in the beginning, the... The priority, I would think, uh, is like really making the bond as a as a unit um, with because you can get into these things. It's so common for usually it's the mom uh, and the child to like become one thing and then the other parent the is helper. out. Yeah. Um, so like like really just forming the bond as a unit. But we, we say things like, I mean, it's gushy and probably gross, gross people out, but like we say like our love became a person and like, obviously she's so much more than that, but that's how we look at it is like, she is an extension of our love. And I don't know if there's a way to feel like when your partner is loving your child, you are receiving that love. I don't, we've, we didn't, that's not something we like consciously, do but you just will but yeah uh, i and and especially if there isn't any kind of teams happening because i could imagine you will if you drop the egos and the teams yeah Yeah. absolutely if you i was going to say you can if you keep your focus on staying free and staying spacious and having as few stories as possible yeah and and trying to be present in what's happening and then I do think it's important as they get older to, of course, remember, like, it was us before she was ever here. It'll be us when she leaves. Yeah. So, of course, this this marriage and this relationship That's is... That's one of the sweet things we say to each other. Is yeah. It used to just be us. Yeah. And we don't say it like, anti <clears throat> our new life. Yeah. But, like, it's really sweet to just go, like... We we did that. We robbed this bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when we got away for my birthday, it was like, oh, it was so, so nice, so simple to just be able to, like, focus all my love on you. Yeah. Um, so it is important to, like, nice. make your time, make time for that. But also seven weeks in, just try to make it. <laughs> I'll say what Kristen Schaal and Rich Blomquist said, which is it, you're camping. Yeah, it's like camping. It's a great way to look at it. And, and it's so temporary. I was just telling my girlfriends today, what I, everybody was always like, 
It's so hard. Remember when I was pregnant, we used to hate that people were like, it's really hard. And we're like, okay, thank you. Uh, What I wish somebody had told me, and maybe they did, and I just couldn't hear it, is like, it's always changing. So like even day to day, week to week. So I really feel like Leela still, and, and since she was born, was like, she, we'd have like a couple months of a hard phase and then she would like grow and, and she that. would, and then it, it would be like pretty easy for a few months. And yeah. then we would have another hard phase. So you don't want to get into a, a trap of feeling like, whoo, I'm glad the hard phase is over and now it's easy. Right. But you also. We did that a couple times. Yes. But you all are being like, she's sleep trained and she was like four months and you're like, oh, there's a million sleep regressions coming. Um but you also don't want to fall in the trap of being like, this is hard and it just always is going to be hard because an easier phase will be That's just like something. we always say about Muji, you're having a bad day. Yeah. You're having a bad moment. Yeah. Having a hard moment. Yeah. Don't, don't qualify the whole period or don't label the whole period because then it will. It'll live up to whatever expectation you put on it. That's true. But it's also so precious to be with luminous emptiness. Yeah. You're hanging out from from a certain vantage point, you're hanging out with God. You're hanging out with the purest expression of being in your species yeah. that you can. Yeah. And uh fuck the people that are just like I think those I don't know what the deal is with those people that are like it's hard, so <laughs> hard. It might be that they got through it and they want to be proud. I think they're I I actually think they're at least some of them were really well meaning where they're like just don't be surprised. Actually, this is the the good intention behind that is don't feel bad if it's hard because it's hard for everybody. Because I, 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 and maybe they're they're also kind of overcorrecting from the generation that was before us. I mean, I know even with my mom, where it was like, you have a baby, you should be happy, you should only ever be happy about that baby. It's like, and then we kind of overcorrected by being like am I crazy or is this really hard? And am I like, is it okay to be like depressed and not sure if I love this baby yet? Or like, you know, so I, I think there is value in that and being like, yes, it is hard, but also you're in love and, uh, and everything is always changing. So if, if it's hard, remember it's a phase and it'll pass. I have a quick one. Pez core has this picture of me. I don't know. She might've got it on eBay his girlfriend got it for him or my, my sister it's that photo have you seen this <laughs> picture it's like the fake oh my god yeah from, from that's from crashing yeah but I, I, it's a magazine it's like it's some magazine oh really it was oh. it was a press thing for crash anyway oh that's fun it is real <laughs> he's asking if the autograph is real Oh yeah, yeah that's cool there, there you go <laughs> um okay. I like I like a nice clean it's not often you get one that you can just be like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just do a couple more. Okay. Dustin McIntosh says, um, okay, wait, can you, okay, well, I, I, yeah, I'll include the compliment. I listened to the, you made it weird with Tan France and really enjoyed the conversation about body positivity and the language of swift image, swift image. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, can you talk about the moments where you find yourself being too critical of yourself and or someone else and how you try to witness the negativity and encourage the positivity in your own perspective? 
I love that. One of the things I've noticed, I don't smoke a lot of weed, but when I do, at the end of the night and I look in the mirror, it's my favorite part because I always think I look beautiful. <laughs> it's, I know that might I get to strange. usually witness those moments. Yeah, which is nice. and I, I usually can't stop like mugging or like doing funny things with my hair. Mm-hmm. It's a strange thing, but like I like green lighting those moments, whether they're from a smoking a plant or or just naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. But there's this great, it's an East Forest. East Forest is a musician. He did a record with Ramdas, and where it's Ramdas talks over music. Great. It's on Spotify. It's awesome. And one of them I find very, very helpful, very profound and transformative. But Ramdas talks about when he has an angry or, or a self loathing thought. Mm-hmm. It's so counterintuitive, but you love it. You just you just give it yeah. space, yeah. and you say, "I I love it. I I, I hear that, and mm-hmm. I love you." Instead of being like, "Get out of here," yeah. I know we say this all the time, and it, even as I'm saying it, it doesn't make sense. Um, let's keep in mind. I'm keeping in mind that the goal is that we want to look at ourselves and tell ourselves, sometimes literally, look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, "You are beautiful. I'm so proud of you, Peter. Mm-hmm. You're a beautiful baby boy." Whatever you need to say, it's your private time. Yeah. But that stuff really helps. And we want to get to a place where that is reflexive, yeah. where it's something that you don't think of. You just catch yourself complimenting and loving yourself. Mm-hmm. But we're always going to have those voices popping up, like yeah. the fire swamp it just shows up out of nowhere. And it's a really wonderful technique is to mm-hmm. just love it as another piece of this. Yeah. As positive energy exists, negative energy exists, and we can honor that. Yeah. We don't have to... We want to live in a world where there's only winning, but as soon as winning is defined, losing is defined. As soon as beauty is defined, ugliness is defined. So it's more of an honoring. Yeah. You don't have to like like, like it. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You loving it means saying yes to it. You say yeah. like, I see that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're just a thought. You don't even have to say that, but it's just a thought. It's not you. Yeah. So you, as we always say, you have tea with it. Yeah. You say like, oh, look, it's ugliness and self-doubt come to visit. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It won't stay Mm -hmm. because the only thing it can cling to is your resistance. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that's exactly it. And I think, yeah, I would say honoring and compassion, not, but that doesn't mean agreeing or holding on and like, and going down the rabbit hole. So it's just like any thought and we make our thoughts so personal. We talk about this all the time. Ruth King says uh, about thoughts and states of being, it's not permanent. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not permanent and it's not personal. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? So it's changing. I have like a weird, I gulped so much salt water when I was in the ocean uh, so, like, I have a little, <clears throat> that's why I keep mm-hmm. doing that. Um, yeah, so I think just knowing that, like, probably that voice, that critical voice, whether it's to yourself or to somebody else, uh, was put there to protect you. That you, it, almost certainly, right. it is protecting something. And you don't even have to do a deep dive into what it's protecting. You can just say, okay, I know you're trying to protect me and move on. I can give you an example of that. I almost tweeted today. I I think it's so funny when you go on Netflix, it says, who's watching? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's the mystical question. That's the most important question Uh of your entire life is (laughs) who's watching? So I started writing it as a tweet. I was like, I think it's, I, I couldn't even phrase it right. I was like, 
I always laugh. No, I always smile when all the streaming services, their homepage says who's watching, which is the most important question. And I, I just, so the same voice that sometimes says maybe something unkind said, this is pretentious. Mm. And I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a tweet. The point of the tweet was to show how smart I am. Uh, and how special I am. Uh-huh. And there might be a place for that. I have that in my notes for my next book and all that sort of stuff. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's an appropriate medium for it. Mm-hmm. But I can't be totally mad at the critic because yeah. it did potentially protect me. Yeah. Just from, honestly, forget about comments and stuff, from the own personal feeling that I was like, you ever, you ever notice that that's really deep? And maybe <laughs> that's not what Twitter's for. Maybe just, you know... Yeah. Keep it if you're uh, if you feel the warm yellow, you need a new bottle, fellow. Here's a an anonymous question, and I really like it. I'm 23, just out of college, and really anxious and stressed about the idea of putting myself on a particular career path. I'm wondering if you have any insights on how you discern what things in life truly have made you happy, and how your career choice has tied into that. I ask because I'm currently at a corporate job that I dislike. And I've been writing scripts as a hobby for years now, but I'm worried that I've romanticized showbiz in my head so much that I'll, uh, that if I tried to do it for real, I'd inevitably be disappointed and just as unhappy as I am now, but with less money. Hmm. I think that's great. Um, Mm -hmm. sort of like the, the seven week old baby. Yeah. Uh, I'm not calling you a baby. (laughs) I'm saying you're 23 and that is so powerful and and beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of cliche, but like to not know what you want to do when you're 23 is so supremely normal. And to specifically be like, I just actually heard Michael Che on Conan's podcast say basically that he, he was kind of, in hindsight, grateful that he never was able to have like a well-paying, steady job because he was like, I don't think I would have been brave enough to leave that job that I didn't like yeah. to do, to try something. Just, I'm, I'm just saying that to be like, so many people are oh, yeah. in that exact position. I just saw it on Facebook that Tina Fey, when she was 23, was working at the YMCA. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of liked it, but at the same time, I was like, but what was she doing? She was probably taking classes at UCB and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I would say, obviously, Joseph Campbell says, follow your bliss. What I hear this person saying is, I don't know what my bliss is. I don't know what actually makes me happy. Yeah. And that is a powerful position. Yeah. Knowing what it isn't is also intel. Yeah. And this person is going to be fine. To have the wherewithal to know what we talk about all the time on this podcast is that this culture values show business so much. And it's mm-hmm. one of the few sort of celebrated ways of being an artist. So you're writing scripts and you're aware that maybe you're just chasing the cultural normative dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. this will make you big and famous and that's valued in our consumer society and all that stuff. So the fact that you're aware of that makes me think you probably would be good at, at writing scripts or whatever that might morph into. Yeah. But the name of the game to me is keeping that energy alive, keeping the mm-hmm. curiosity alive. Mm-hmm. It's not about breaking away Seinfeld was selling light bulbs as a telemarketer when he was a young man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, but he was jotting down little jokes here and there. And then he Mm -hmm. started doing open mics and all that sort of stuff. It was different in the, in the seventies, but still he did the equivalent of, it was like burlesque shows and stuff. Hmm. But, um, 
it's all about keeping the doors unlocked. You can sort of be doing whatever you want as long as you stay what the Quakers call the still, small voice. Creativity and your dream is also a still, quiet voice. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're listening to it and following it and being open to it, Mm -hmm. what you really love will will hit you in the face one day. And it might be show business and it might be something completely different. Yeah. But not not to assume too much about this person's life, but if you have time to write scripts as a hobby, this this job probably isn't suffocating you so much that you need to be like, well, fuck this, I'm going backpacking. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked at Bennigan's and wrote jokes on the on the back of my receipts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think people like stories like that is because there's a time in your life where you're going, is this what I really like? Yeah, With and 23 is definitely a that, great time. That's too. how old I was. Yeah. I was 23, and yeah. I was working at Bennigan's mm-hmm. in Chicago, and I was writing jokes. But I was fortunate to to do well at stand-up, and that gave me this like almost drug-like hit and addiction mm-hmm. and drive to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was fortunate in that regard. But if you don't know what, you're, what, what you uh, exactly want to do, you know, okay, what do we know? You like writing scripts. Well, then it's creative. Mm-hmm. And what is creativity? Creativity is connection. Mm-hmm. What is connection? Maybe it's affirmation. Well, let's get really naked. Do you want to be praised? Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I won't tell anybody. Do you want to be praised? Yeah. Do you want to be a special girl or a boy? Like, it's okay. Like, just write it out. What is doing it for you? Yeah. And don't be polite. And just be like, I remember, I'm sort of embarrassed by it now, but I was like, I like adoration, access, and ascension. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, I, I like remember. being praised. I like uh, adoration, I like access. Access means you get to do special things. In my case, that's often just knowing cool people. And ascension is like spiritual ascension and growth. Yeah. Um, I still kind of under, I, that's, that's what Pete wants. Yeah. I'm just getting more and more in touch with my, the part of me that isn't Pete. The if ascension. That that's the ascension. Yeah. Well, the the real bitch of that is the more you ascend, the less you're interested in adoration and access. Yeah. Because you realize that, you know, everybody's the Christ. Listen. <laughs> but but just take an inventory on what you do know. Yeah. Because you know more than you think you do. Yeah. And then keep experimenting. Yeah. And like, it's like falling in love. Mm. But it's actually a little bit dirtier than that. Uh, dirty meaning gritty, meaning messy. Uh, because there are people that I know that like try something and it doesn't click for them because they're not good at it yet. Mm-hmm. Then when they get good, they go like, oh, fuck. I just needed to get better at it. Yeah, absolutely. And that might be that might be something, too, is like, you know, what if you, you start writing, being a writer, uh, and you hate it, you realize you're just as unhappy. Okay, that's information. And then you will figure out what to do from there. Um, I think it can feel at least... I spent all of my 20s not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I feel like if my older self now could talk to my 23-year-old self, I'd be like, yeah, okay, so just like swim in the not knowing. And it's not a big deal. I felt like I was walking like a tightrope. And of course, you have things, you have money to worry about and stuff like that. And that, that can feel really restricting. But... It was more like if I make one 
wrong move. I'm going to go down a whole trail and I'm going to waste a lot of years. And I was like, you're wasting these years not making any moves because you're afraid of making the wrong move. Yeah, what's the risk of not taking a risk? Like, know? just make, you know, just just be okay. And know that you're not alone. Yeah, and be okay with trial and error. Like, <clears throat> there might be things you want to do and you won't know if you don't like it until you do it. And it's okay to just try those things. That's right. And have less money for a, a bit. And then you can probably figure out uh, something from there. It's like the movie Francis Hawk. Yeah. It's like when you watch that when you're a little bit older, you're like, oh, if only she knew, and maybe she does, yeah. but if only that character knew that this is the richness. She doesn't know what she's doing, yeah. but she's sort of fumbling towards what she's going to become. Yeah. You can't stop becoming what you're going to become. <laughs> yeah. So just keep, like a diet, keep your diet variety. Yeah. Do lots of things, play lots of different games, lots of different energies. Consume, if you're interested in arts, consume lots of different arts and, yeah. and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> I The last thing I'll say about this, and this won't surprise anybody, is that it does seem like something to consult your body with. Like, I think I spent a decade not knowing what I wanted to do because I wasn't in my body. So I didn't really know myself. Uh, and I remember walking and t- telling my therapist, like, okay, I, I feel like I've narrowed it down to like, I came in and I was like, so I had like such an agenda and I was like, trying to figure out what to do with my life professionally. And I know I haven't narrowed down to like five things that I love, which is really great information, but like, how am I going to do it? And like planning all this stuff. And she listened graciously. And then she was like, I feel like you're, you're very in your strategic mind right now. And a question like, who am I meant to be is not something that the strategic mind alone yeah. can figure out. That's what the still quiet voice. Yeah. Like get that's it. a little bit. Quieter. Get in your body. Just sit with different realities and see how it feels in, in your body. And I look at you, Val. It's like teaching mindfulness and finding that path. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't something that I saw you architect. You know, like you didn't scheme right. it. Yeah. You were just going around and, and paying attention and being spacious. Thank you. I actually have just recently reflected on that and was like, I don't really even remember a time that I've decided to do this. <laughs> like I was, yeah, it was like, I was so focused on what I was <laughs> going to be that it like came in the back door. And all of a sudden I was doing the thing that I and wa- was meant to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I remember that, that Sharon Salzberg had a similar answer. We were like, how did you get into this? And she's like, I don't really know. Yeah. I liken I, it to dreaming about a juice fast or, uh, I know that's silly. That's kind of a joke. But, like, my jokes get me out of bed. I'm at the phase in my career, in my life, where if I think of something, I often don't write it down the first time I think of it. Yeah. If you're starting out, I've been doing this for 20 years or whatever. You're starting out, write it down, dummy. Write it down yeah. right away. In fact, that's the biggest part of your job is writing down your ideas. Now I'm like, okay, I see you. If you're any good, you're going to come back. Yeah. Wow. And I sort of wait for it to ferment and, and get me out of bed. Like that's mm. when I'm rolling over on my phone. I know you know this. I'm, I'm writing down a, a note or an yeah. idea. Or so I'm texting bitches. Oh, shit. <laughs> or I'm getting out of bed and sitting at the dining room table and I'm writing mm-hmm. because that's what it is. It's biblical. It's like those, 
those voices, you hear a voice and it makes you leave your bed. Like there's mm-hmm. something about the divine flow that if you, I, I would work, I know I've already said this, but work on your receptivity to the messages from the mystery, from the universe, from reality. We don't even have to divinize it. We can just say reality, yeah. which is divine, of course, but like working on keeping your antenna up yeah. is, is a big name in the game. I think that's great. Are we... Are we I good? Think I think we're good. I have a lot of great questions. Other... We'll, we'll get to them uh, next week. That's the okay. most questions we've gotten to in a, in a while. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for these thoughtful questions. I feel, I feel the intention behind them. It seems like a lot of you are asking questions that you know we are going to be stoked to answer. So thank you for being so Yeah, that's considered. really nice. That's true. Um, there are other good ones. I, I, we just... We have our date to get to, and we started a little bit later. I'm just trying to find a poem, but did you have something to read? No, I thought about... Have we read... um, Have we read uh, Eat More Ice Cream? No, I don't think so. Oh, this one is so good, this poem. I'll read this while while you're looking for that. Or did you have, do you have it? Um, I have this one. I can read this one and then you can read that one. I'd rather close with yours. You're better. Yeah, right. This one's called, I love this. I got this from Ram Dass. He used to read it at his talks. It's called, If I Had My Life to Live Over Again. And it's by Nadine Stair. When asked, how would you have lived your life differently if you had a chance? Nadine, oh, sorry. That was a little intro. Here we go. (laughs) If I had my life to live over again. I'd dare to make more mistakes next time. Mm. I'd relax. I'd limber up. I'd be sillier than I've been this trip. Mm. I would take fewer things seriously. I would take more chances. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. Mm. I would perhaps have more actual troubles, but fewer imaginary ones. You see, I'm one of those people who is sensible and sane, hour after hour, day after day. Oh, I've had my moments. If I had to do it again, I'd have more of them. In fact, I'd try to have nothing else, just moments, one after another, instead of living so many years ahead of each day. I've been one of those persons who never goes anywhere without a thermometer, a hot water bottle, a raincoat, and a parachute. Mm. If I could do it again, I would travel lighter than I have. If I had to live my life over... I would start barefoot earlier in the spring and stay that way later in the fall. I would go to more dances. I would ride more merry-go-rounds. I would pick more daisies. Oh. That was hard to get through oh <laughs> without, <God>. not, <laughs> without crying. I mean, it's oh so beautiful. God. What if you're like, that was hard to get through. I hated it. No, no. <laughs> no well, we talk about it. I don't like reading publicly, oh, but it wasn't so that. It was it, very simply written. But uh, We have to end on that. That's not going to be top. That's so beautiful. I put that. I, didn't I put that in a birthday card too or something? Yeah, you said. Eat more ice cream and less, and less beans. beans. Let, you said this year, let's eat more ice cream and less beans. Yeah. And here we are eating beans again. God, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, do you, you don't have a poem? I'll save it for next week. That is that's that's a that's a closer. Oh yeah, that's a closer. Keep, 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 keep it crispy. 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 Keep your kale crispy, of course.
Juice and, cleanse. And then juice it. <laughs> oh, God.